Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... A bunch of commoners who don't know how to fight. Oh no, what's gonna happen to them? Well, I guess you're gonna have to listen to find out. That's right, losers. This is the show before the show, where we tell you that this was a great episode. And it was. We're covering... We're covering the Inquisition as well as a bunch of other related tertiary stuff too. And it is so fun because I didn't realize um, how stupid this all was. I mean, I knew it was terrible. I knew it was awful. But you never realize just quite how dumb history is. Right. And so this is a look inside stupid history. And I am so very excited that Paige has brought this to us. And uh, as we talk about later, happy that we're starting it on the former Columbus Day. Yeah, former Columbus Day, now Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, Hell yeah. I This is such a fun one. and But we kind of had to get through this one to get to the next one, which is bonkers. So I'm excited to get to the next one, which is bonkers, and then the subsequent other ones because it's going to be multiples. Hell so. yeah. Well, hey. Sorry, let me try that again because I was yawning. Hell yeah. Well, hey, before we get started, uh, if you want to support the show, you can by going to patreon.com slash cult podcast. It's the best way to support us making the show. It allows us to do all the things that we want to do. And uh, yeah, the other thing we want to promote, get tickets to october 31st roast battle that's halloween night baby where the fucking champion of champions which i don't think she currently is paige wesley (laughs) but they can't pretty good though stop me they can't stop me from saying it i dare them to sue me i'll take you on brian moses you fucking asshole you owe me six hundred dollars you piece of shit wait what champion of champions Paige Wesley. Brian knows you $600? Yeah, but it's good. It's not a bad thing. It's oh, okay. Like he just hasn't paid me for my work yet. But oh, also, the graphics. Oh, the okay. But <laughs> also, I haven't done the work yet. So okay. it's, some could say it's a transaction that hasn't happened yet. It's, it's an incomplete transaction. But I would say champion of champions. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) This is going to be a fucking stellar battle and you are not going to want to miss it. It is a Halloween night at the roast a battle show at the comedy store. I don't know why I said it weird like that, but that's what it is, baby. Mm -hmm. And I think with that, go Mm -hmm. buy your tickets, but also you should enjoy the show. Hello. 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 That was one of our worst ones yet. That was yeah, a really bad one. We've been good for a long that. time. That was that was bad. Get into the show, baby. Champion of champions. Cold Podcast features adult themes and graphic descriptions of violence. Listener discretion is advised. Now, please enjoy the show. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships and organizations that actively recruit new members all cults might have some or all of these traits and as always these these are are our opinions. opinions Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. 
And I'm the ever-tired Armando Torres. And with us we have... Bags under both of our eyes. So tired. (laughs) Very tired. I'm back, Paige. I'm back in Los Angeles. You're back in Los Angeles on this week's episode of Armando Does Not Understand Time Zones. Yes. Mm, Oh, yeah, baby. Yep, 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 yep. I have been gone for two weeks. Uh, I recorded the last episode in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And then I was in Austin, Texas and told Paige, hey, let's plan for Saturday afternoon. You know, 2 p.m. And uh, forgot that, that you know what? Los Angeles is a whole other uh, <laughs> 2 p.m. to time. me is different than 2 p.m. to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, God, it's so crazy that it's just the world exists in different times. I mean, I voted on us not doing daylight savings time again. So like mm-hmm. maybe someday we could be more confusing. Here's what I think. I think we just use one time and we base all of it on Los Angeles, California. So whatever the world looks like at your time, like there is Greenwich Mean Time, which is is technically the time. Yeah. But Yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how like, okay, let's say it's 10 a.m. in Los Angeles, California, a perfect place to live <laughs> and a perfect time zone. Disagree, so that means but sure. <laughs> even even though it is 9 hours ahead in Paris, France, it's still 10 a.m. now. So instead of being 7 p.m., it's 10 a.m. now and you just deal with it. And it'll make everything so much easier, Paige. You never have to do math. You never have to think about it. And then also a lot more people are going to try to move to Los Angeles so that their brains stop hurting. And it will make everything worse. And uh, it will create a dystopian future of which we have to fight our way out of. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be a hard sell. But do you know who it's going to be the hardest sell for? New York. <laughs> Ooh, Those assholes yeah. going to fight it the whole way. <laughs> Well, fuck them. All right. Like, oh, ooh, I'm Los Angeles, but more packed and crowded and faster and it snows here. Yeah. Go oh, fuck yourself, my pizza is foldable. Oh, uh, uh, taxi, please. Go fuck we yourself. We only put normal toppings on pizza. None of this like fig compote balsamic reduction bullshit. <laughs> Uh, I live in Greenwich Mean Greenwich Village Mean Time. Fuck you, New York, you <laughs> stupid idiot. I, I mean, Greenwich Mean Time is is not in New York, but that's okay. <laughs> ah, it's all the same shit. Anyway, I'm here. I'm back. I'm excited to be in my own house for the first time in two weeks. But I'm even more excited to hear what you have brought to the table. Yes, because this has been a secret from you, uh, mm-hmm. for this whole time, which. Often it is, but usually I give you some sort of idea of what it's going to be. Like, especially if it's going to be a big multi-part like this one is, uh, I usually tell you ahead of time. (laughs) Rad, rad, rad. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So uh, before we jump into sources, I'm going to give us kind of a rundown of like why we have ended up where we're at today, why we're covering this, and how we're going to cover it, because... It's, it's going to take some explaining. Okay, so uh, I had a few options of what to do next after uh, your last episode a couple weeks back. Um, and I had in I had been working on a couple different one-off cults, a uh, few different things people have sent to us. I did find, and I will, maybe I'll do it next year at the same time, but I found a really small church that didn't have enough information on it. 
in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> and I was like, that'd be kind of hilarious to drop on the holiday that used to be Columbus Day. Um, <laughs> okay. Because here's the thing. If you're listening to this on Monday, you're listening in, in the United States, you're listening to it on a national holiday that is known by some people as Columbus Day. I prefer Indigenous Peoples Day. A lot oh. of people do. What's up? Hey. Uh, even though I am Italian American, Columbus was a genocidal monster. And to quote our most politically correct Italian celebrity, Mario Mario, uh, it's about a good look. Uh, so <laughs> we avoid him. Uh, and it's, it's interesting here that you're not quoting Luigi, which is, uh, how dare you take away from our culture? Columbus was a kind of a national hero to us. Uh. Quit being an asshole, Luigi. Uh, so <laughs> I, I also, my, my family is, uh, like the Italian part of my family is from Genoa. So uh -huh. it's like extra. <laughs> like we're extra probably at some point related to that horrible dude. <laughs> so like. Oof. Yeah, we don't talk about it. Uh, he was a bad guy. Uh, yeah, I yeah. don't even get Genoa on my fucking sandwiches. I get it on the side. I say, when I think of Italians, I think of Genoa side, you know? Mm. I get it. Oh, Is this no. good? Is this anything? Oh, no. Because in my brain, anything? I was like, well, you should put Genoa salami on your sandwiches. It's delicious. And then you said Genoa side. And I was like, oh, it's in the name. <laughs> <laughs> it's been oh, there the whole time. We committed the act of the movie. Like, yeah, it's bad. Um, so if you've been listening to me on Horror Virgin and Romancing the Pod, you might have had a clue that this was going to happen because those shows are recorded at least a week to two weeks ahead of time. Uh, in, in advance of their release because they take a lot longer to edit. Uh, so you might have heard me talk about listening to the Behind the Bastards series almost a month ago at this point uh, on Columbus. And we will be listing them among our sources. Uh, and I highly recommend listening to those because they do a great job of talking through why Columbus wasn't just a product of his time, how he was a terrifying maniac, even compared to the racist assholes he lived with, which very interesting to find out but page page is our cult today italians <laughs> um there will be some italians okay we'll get to it um so one of the things that they highlighted in those episodes that like rang my cult alarm bells is that uh christopher columbus was essentially a crusade originalist uh, he was super into the idea of, air quotes, reclaiming the Holy Land. And that's how he gets Ferdinand and Isabella to fund his expedition, is by selling them on the idea that the conquest in the East would help them fund a crusade to retake Jerusalem. That's where we're going to live in these few episodes, um, because this series is going to be on the Inquisition, Slash Whoa. the Inquisitions because there are multiple. Yeah. Yeah. God damn. Wow. That was a long Holy walk shit. to get there, but we're we're doing the Inquisition because no, it's good. we will start with the Crusades, which is where we're gonna be today, is the first mm -hmm. and part of the second crusade. Uh, and then we will end with essentially the Spanish Inquisition and where Columbus kind of fits into a lot of that. Um so if you want to hear about Columbus's atrocities, I highly mm -hmm. recommend the Behind the Bastards episodes. They're great at that. We're only barely going to talk about him in particular. 
we're more going to talk about the ecosystem that ends up creating him, if that makes sense. Um, we're going to talk more about the Crusades and the Inquisitions, plural. Now, here's something interesting as well. Before I even dive into sources, in looking for sources, there are a number of very, very, very conservative Catholic sources that are like, I mean, did the Inquisition even happen? <laughs> and the answer is yes, it did. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, good, good, uh, good. Yes, it did. In fact, multiple Inquisitions happened, and not all mm. of them in Spain. The, the Spanish Inquisition is the one that is famous in pop culture. Thank you, Monty Python, and any number of other people. Um, <laughs> there are multiple Crusades. So we have to kind of start... There are multiple Crusades and multiple Inquisitions. We have to start with how the Inquisitions come about and how that influences essentially the generation of the Spanish Inquisition in particular. Uh, because essentially what we have is a religious group manipulating an entire ecosystem of people and creating a basically a lose-lose proposition for everyone who doesn't believe exactly as they believe. So that's how we're going to dive into it. So are you ready? Yeah, it sounds like you wanted to to do a, a thing about Christopher Columbus and then misunderstood how long that trip was and <laughs> accidentally landed on the Crusades. Is that you know about what happened? A little bit. Uh, here's here's what's kind of funny about Christopher Columbus that they talk about in that Behind the Bastards episode is they're like, by all accounts, he shouldn't have gotten to anything. <laughs> he like. He navigated blind and somehow yeah. got there. And they're like, we have to give him credit for that, I guess. But everything else, blood on his hands. I remember I remember when I was, a, I think, a, a freshman in high school. And uh, I got this book that was called, like, I can't remember exactly what it was. But it was, like, Things They Don't Teach You in History Class or mm. something. And it's like, you know, so much of history is written by the victor and paints people in a certain way. Um, we've covered this multiple times, like when we did the Black Panthers and we were like, you know, in, in most textbooks, they're just like they were this kind of weird group of violent dudes. And it's like, well, no, not fully. <laughs> the CIA was framing them and killing them. Sure, 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 yeah. sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, you know, growing up, you have this picture of Columbus, like literally a picture of Columbus where he looks like a fucking idiot with his weird hair. And yeah, it's it a very weird haircut. Face. But, like, I remember reading about the stuff that happened with Christopher Columbus, including the fact that he died of syphilis because he was a dirty, dirty boy. It, well, um, he, he was a horrible, abusive, manipulative man who did not view some people as people. So, yes. A, a dirty, dirty boy. Sure. More or less the same. Uh but I remember that I was taking notes in a notebook and like that I just kept about like the stuff that Christopher Columbus did and the stuff that I learned from this book just because I thought it was interesting. And then I lost that notebook in my English class and then I found it like a week later and somebody else, presumably another student at my high school, had found the notebook and started reading my notes about Christopher Columbus and started like crossing things out and writing like haha no way this is wrong and just started like <laughs> writing like very very like very like 
what the history books want you to think. And I remember getting my notebook back and reading it and being like, why? Why did you do that? Why do you, first of all, who is Christopher Columbus to you, my guy? Right. And secondly, like, why do you care? I don't know. I, it might not even be relevant and it might have been a stupid point, but I just remember that even back then they were trying to keep us silent on Christopher Columbus and the goddamn Inquisition. So this is payback to whoever also had Miss Bowers third period English class. <laughs> That's right. I'm back and I'm worse than ever, baby. Oof, magoof. Well, we have a lot, a lot of sources because we have to cover a long period of time. So buckle up. Yeah, uh, let's start with source number one, Armando's Notebook from Third Period English Class. Armando's Notebook from Third Period English Class from Cambridge University Press, 2003. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just list Behind the Bastards episodes on Columbus first. Uh, all, all three, but primarily the first one. That's going to talk the most about kind of the religious uh, climate that Columbus grew up in and how that kind of influences him. Then uh, we have The Culture of Inquisition in Medieval England by Katie L. Walker and Mary C. Flannery. Uh, we have the 1988 book Inquisition by Edward Peters. We have uh, The Vatican is Investigating the Inquisition in Secret, which is a New York Times article from 1998 by Alessandra Stanley. We have The Eastern Schism from the Catholic Encyclopedia by Adrian Fortescue. We have A History of the Crusades, Volume 1, The First Crusade and the Foundation of the Kingdom of Jerusalem uh, by Stephen Runciman. Uh, that's also Cambridge University Press. So that's, uh, if you want to read it, it's, I think the best way to find it is JSTOR. That's kind of how I found it. From Empire of the Greeks to Byzantium by Anthony Caldele... Cal you know what? It's super Greek sounded. I'm going to say Caladelis? Close? Maybe. Uh, we have Encyclopedia Britannica's article on the Spanish Inquisition. We have the Jewish Virtual Library's article, The Christian-Jewish Relations in the Inquisition. Uh, we also have the uh, article from CEPR, Expecting the, Expecting the Spanish Inquisition, Economic <gasps> Backwardness and Religious Persecution. But no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. I know. That's the, that's the rub. Uh, we have... Uh, a Jewish history article on the Spanish Inquisition from Shabbat.org. We have the origins of the Inquisition in the 15th century in Spain by B. Netanyahu. Uh, and then we have Conversos, Inquisition and the Expulsion of the Jews from Spain by Norman Roth. Uh, and then we have an article from The Guardian. After 200 years, the Spanish Inquisition still exacts its toll by Torsten Bell. Are you ready? Absolutely. All right. I think that's the most sources we've had in a long time. <laughs> it was a lot. Uh, so if we're going to talk about the Crusades, which is where we have to start if we're going to talk about the Inquisition, because one begets the other, we have to talk about ancient Rome, but only for a second, because this isn't hardcore history and we don't have all day. Uh, so the Roman Empire collapses into a series of region and city-states between the 4th and 6th century A.D., largely the 5th century. And by collapse, I don't mean cease to be. Rather, I mean that they had overextended their resources and they'd been outmatched in battle to the point where the once sprawling empire struggled to hold on to its handful of colonies at the time. And one result of this gradual collapse was the formation of an alternate empire to the east, often known as the Byzantine Empire or the Eastern Roman Empire, 
or just Byzantium. Uh, this collection of city-states unified under a single religion and their own emperor forms what will become the Byzantine Orthodox Church and the Byzantine Empire. Uh, this is also sometimes referred to modern day as the Eastern Orthodox Church. It's not exactly the same, but it's kind of like one causes the other to be. They eventually settle on the city of Constantinople, a.k.a. modern Istanbul, Turkey, as their capital city. And that's Istanbul, not Constantinople, right? No, Istanbul was Constantinople. Now it's but Istanbul. But now it's Istanbul, not yeah. Constantinople. No, been a long time gone. Constantinople. Why did Constantinople get the works? Hey, that's nobody's business but the fucking Turks. That's right. Okay? That's right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> they're, they're like, they're assuming, I'm assuming there's like a lot of people that don't know they might be giants who are just like, what? That's what not even originally happened? that they might be giants. Like, that's the first place I heard it. But it's uh, originally the four lads. It's like an old, like, doo-wop group song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Wild. Um, so that's a, a wild oversimplification. And every time I read about Constantinople, it just makes me think of uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, where they're just like, Alexandretta, the kingdom of the Crescent. Yeah. Uh, but we don't have all day to go over about a thousand years of history <laughs> um, that are going to get us to the place where we need to start. But we now have two essentially factions. We have the Byzantine Empire, and then we have what used to be Rome, a.k.a. OG Rome. Now, the empire is not really around anymore, but the Catholic Church super is. Because prior to Rome collapsing, Rome had become a predominantly Christian slash Catholic state now here's the weird thing about that though admittedly most of kind of the early germs of early church christianity spring up among jewish people at the time from people who had you know both spiritual beliefs that kind of aligned with what jesus was preaching but also political beliefs that made jesus's message more attractive Regardless, it is originally kind of a Jewish-Greek convert thing. Uh, as it grows, as they become a, a political force to be reckoned with and attract people from multiple different backgrounds, it becomes more of a political assignment than truly the original religion that it kind of started out as. It gets to a point where Roman emperors have to be Christian. Like, it's it's in their best interest to be, to keep control of the empire. Yeah, I I can relate as an American page. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Lots of lots of comparisons between us and Rome these days. Um, but but we're, do, fine. we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it's it. It's fine. Uh, but they go from... There, there is a time at which Rome is actively persecuting Christians mm -hmm. and then the tables turn. So at this point, what started out as kind of a Jewish adjacent religious movement is now a political Roman movement It at this time. They have started to uh, mm. essentially assign popes or nominate popes, I should say. Uh, they start to kind of stratify the control of the religion. This is where early Catholic Church comes from. 
And it becomes a hybrid of both political and religious figures that are, oddly enough, widely anti-Semitic at the time. <laughs> you don't say. You don't say and that's going to actually play into the crusades a lot we're going to talk mm. about it a lot because it gets pretty pretty dark um but all this to say the catholic church at this time carries a lot of power even without the backing of rome they kind of become new rome in a way except that they're not directly controlling because even though rome is gone and it's all these city-states most of those city-states still Catholic, at a minimum in name only to maintain the political power that the Catholic Church provides them. So uh, that's kind of where we're sitting. We have one whole empire to the east that is not the same Catholic. They have their own emperor. They have their own pope. But they are Catholic adjacent. And then we have the OG Catholic Church working as an intermediary between at this point, dozens of city-states. So, it should come as no surprise that when the Byzantine Empire gets in trouble and the Turks, whose land that they kind of just, like, moved to, <laughs> uh, suddenly start knocking at their door to try and take back or conquer them the way that Rome conquered people for years, they request aid from Gondor, a.k.a. the Catholic Church, so wait okay all right that's fine you just yeah. i didn't realize how fucking lord of the rings the catholic church used to be yeah the byzantine empire calls for aid yes uh gondor and then this giant fucking eagle beast flew over yeah so as i mentioned all those territories formerly under rome still catholic still talking to the pope for the most part so when the Pope says, come fight for us, they all answer the call. Now, what exactly are they fighting for? Well, the Byzantine Empire's holdings at one point included Jerusalem because Rome also included Jerusalem. At the time of Jesus' death, as recorded in the Bible, Rome has already conquered Judea and, by extension, Jerusalem, and rules over them. This is one of the areas that the Byzantine Empire believes that they have an entitlement to because it is part of the former Roman Empire and it's in the area in which they are ruling. So the Byzantine Empire, the Byzantine Emperor Alexios I, uh, Comenus, uses this as a bargaining chip with the Papal States, which is what the name for all of the not united, but kind of Catholic states is the papal states. Uh, it refers to states under the Pope, essentially. He asks them to marshal forces to defend and retake the holy city of Jerusalem from the Muslims so it can again be under Christian rule. Now, there's a bunch of things wrong with this, uh, obviously. Uh, under Rome... Judea and Jerusalem had become kind of a melting pot for a bunch of different people and a bunch of different nations that made use of their ports nearby. It was a great kind of trading stop. That's part of why Rome conquered it to begin with. Like, they needed their mercantile abilities. And it's not like the Turks just suddenly showed up to take this city. 
they'd been living in and around it for a long time. <laughs> it's kind of their home. And the Byzantine Empire shows up and is like, I thought we owned you. Like, it's, it's not great. More than anything, this is a bid for Emperor Alexios to expand his territory and strengthen his new and floundering empire. And he knows that he can use the Pope to do that if he makes it a war for Christianity and a war for, air quotes, defending the faith, which is why whenever you see movies about knights coming back from crusades, they introduce themselves as so-and-so defender of the faith. That's the whole reason they think they're going to go to war. It's pretty upsetting that this is also something that I could uh, relate to as a modern day American. Um, yeah. At least with people who think that they are defending Christianity and fighting for it because of its alleged persecution by nothing. And I just want to say that I don't believe that any of the things that were happening in Rome were good and we should not go back to the way that things were. That being said, support us using Patreon because <laughs> as a patron of the arts, you can pay us money and then we'll go out and make art for you, which is absolutely a new thing and not at all based off of anything that used to happen in Greek or Roman times. Thank you very much. It definitely did. It definitely did used to happen no! in those times. <laughs> Except most of the time they were just carving dicks onto stuff. Um well, yeah, that's yeah. but that's what we do in our private time page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a, a private collection of dick carvings. What no one sees is that once an episode, one of the sound waves actually looks like a giant penis. <laughs> and we're like, nailed it. And the we way you make it one. is you go, wow, I fucking made one. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> I made a dick and balls, baby. All right, let's go. <laughs> What a useless talent. <laughs> this truly is a dying medium. <laughs> that's what uh, being a fucking audio engineer for several years will get you is you know how to make. <laughs> make a dick with that's your waveforms. Oh, my God. Wave. I'm fucking. I should have gone to college. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. He thinks that if he calls for aid from Gondor, a.k.a. the Pope. Uh, that he will get enough people to retake those cities and expand his empire. That's absolutely right. So in 1096 AD, the Pope calls on all who are able to make a pilgrimage to Anatolia, which is the region that Jerusalem lies in at this time, uh, that they should do so to then further defend the holy city. And everyone in Europe is like, Yes! I've been waiting to do this. Like, they cannot wait. I don't know why. <laughs> okay, I thought... Okay, never mind. I thought you were going to be like, and the reason why is because blankety blank blank blank. I mean, here's... here's I Two different groups go. And for one group, I get it. Because they're trying to keep the Pope happy because it's a political bargaining chip. The other group... Not a clue. My only guess is that, like, this is the closest thing they have to to TV or something. And they're just <laughs> like, you mean I could meet the guys from Supernatural and take a picture with the car? Yay! <laughs> like, let's go! 
All right. Okay. I'm it's on board. That or racism. Um, uh, probably racism. I'm yeah. I'm gonna it's go out probably. on a limb here and say that it's probably the thing that has caused many European countries to do awful things mm-hmm. for uh pretty much the history of mankind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's wildly popular in Europe, and it it's popular <clears throat> with everyone. Like stratified from lowest surf to highest prince everyone is on board everyone is just like damn straight we should have jerusalem it's all right as christians strange but sure um they form two factions the first one is a group called the people's crusade and this is led by a french priest named peter the hermit now (laughs) i don't know if I would trust someone known for not going outside to lead an army, but apparently they did. What are you talking about? What about General Stonewall? Get off my goddamn lawn, Jackson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. General Introvert over here has got a great plan for how we're going to go outside and do stuff. I also literally, I couldn't pull a different general from my mindset, and I fuck it. Like, why did I pick Stonewall Jackson? The I don't know. Worst choice. As I in mean, stone walls of my house are the safest place to be, Jackson. Oh my god, he's literally named after a fucking house. Are all generals just fucking inside boys? They're 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 the management of the army. <sighs> Where they're like, I'm working from home and rubbing my temples over stressful things while you do the grunt work. Like, that's what it is. Oh, my God. Okay. I think we accidentally convinced ourselves that all generals are hermits, actually. I mean, yeah, maybe. Probably not. I I think that's changed. I think a lot. I mean, drones, though. I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) Okay. So we've got Peter Quarantine. Peter Quarantine. Here comes Peter Quarantine. Uh, so he was a French priest mm-hmm. and he groups up. He like circles up, circle up around me. Come on, come on, come on. A sizable group of commoners from different regions of France and a few different regions of Germany specifically. They have no military training. They mm. don't know exactly where they're going. Mm. They have no understanding of the socio-political factions involved. Mm. But what they do have is lots of racism. Oh. They set out immediately on foot where they're like, the Pope said go. We say how high. And they go. <laughs> okay. Just go. Uh, and they travel from France through Germany towards Jerusalem and they stop multiple times along the way to just murder large groups of Jewish people for no reason. And this is actually called the Rhineland Massacre. But they're literally just like finding groups of Jewish immigrants, people who have traveled from the area of Judea where they're headed and just massac- killing them in the streets. Men, women, children, doesn't fucking matter. Just murdering them it is brutal there are some counts that it's between 7,000 and 20,000 during this time Jesus fucking Christ yes and this is at a time when there's like not a ton I mean like there's people but not nearly as many people as there are today you know like it's a lot of people and they specifically in accounts of this like 
bragged about the fact that it was men, women, and children. They did not care. It was whoever refused to convert to Christianity on the spot, you're dead. How do you even feel like the good guy? Even fucking Anakin Skywalker realized that killing the children was a bad thing. Yeah, well, and not only that, like, the, this is always something that confuses me about, like, anyone who claims to be a Christian but hates the Jews. Because I'm like, Jesus was Jewish. The Jews are the chosen people, as the Bible says. Like, why? I don't understand. And people will try to justify it with things like, oh, they killed Jesus. And I'm like, first of all, that was the Romans, but you seem to be fine with Italians. Secondly, <laughs> they they do the like Christian identity thing of like, we're the real Jews. It's like, you're really not. <laughs> like, I don't, there's a lot of evidence to prove that you're wrong. And I don't know how to like, like, you have to know that. Like, right? I don't know, Paige. It is a pretty sick way to, like, fight for a religion that says you should love everyone the same. Right? Right? Neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, for all are one under Christ Jesus. Like, do you just ignore that one? Like, I mean, we could get into canonization and how some things get left out and some others don't. But a lot of, hey, the Jews are our friends gets left in. So, like, it makes no sense. It's nonsense nonsense so widespread anti-semitism they murder a whole bunch of people they get to anatolia and they are immediately wiped out by the turkish army <laughs> like immediately <laughs> because they have next to no weapons oh they have like God. no training they don't know what the hell they're doing they've never fought in a war before not a real war, like some skirmishes between city-states, but this is a real army. It's a real war, and the Turkish army just slaps them down instantly. It doesn't just slap them down. They basically annihilate them. Like, they are just dead, all of them, gone. I know this isn't necessarily, like, a funny thing to say, and I, I'm going to preface it with that, but I do think there is a little bit of humor in that they probably made their way to the battlefield killing like innocent families and children yep. and being like we're the fucking best dude i just killed that five-year-old and then just got smacked down by got a real army wrecked <laughs> yeah like you what the fuck are you wrecked. thinking my guy what are you yes. doing yeah and here's the thing this is old times so it takes a while for world word to travel place to place back home Another group has already started preparing to go, and they're like six months to a year behind this first group. This group is different. This is actually referred to as the Prince's Crusade because it's comprised almost entirely of nobility and their standing armies. So the Pope puts the word out, and each nation wants to kind of garner some favor with the Pope, win the Pope over, and some of them are just ultra-Catholic. Uh, and so they marshal the armies that they have, which they do have. They're not huge armies, but each nation state has a standing army because they're constantly fighting each other. So they have small trained armies, but collectively with all of them together, that makes a pretty big army of people with like, you know, armor and <laughs> weapons, stuff that you really typically bring to war. And so by the time they amass all of the city-states, which I did have a list of everyone who joined in, but it's a lot. 
it's a whole long one, and the only one you would have found funny was the country of Flanders. So, because <laughs> yeah, it's like The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're like, do you want to go to war? Oakley dokley. Like, let's I do, go. I do also imagine that it is like actual Ned Flanders, where when he takes his shirt off, he's fucking ripped. Dude, Ned Flanders can like get it though. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, shit. Now I'm just thinking about Ned Flanders. <laughs> It feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> Stupid Flanders and his sexy body. Stupid sexy Flanders. Uh, <laughs> so by the time they get all the armies together, they've got about 100,000 people about to march on Anatolia. And it takes them until the following year. So 1097, they reach Anatolia. They fight for a little over a year and push the Turks back. They actually win a bunch of battles because this is real army versus real army, except the other army just got done going to war and slaughtering a fake army. So they're kind of, you know, (coughs) tired. Anyway, after they win, they establish four crusader nation states in the area. First, the kingdom of Jerusalem, the county of Edessa, the principality of Antioch, and the county of Tripoli. And these are supposed to be four nation states that will kind of hold the region. And they leave a few soldiers behind, and then they head home, which is when another group decides to head east after them. This is actually known as the Crusade of 1101. So this is like three, four years later, not even, like two, three years later. Uh, But it's also known as the Crusade of the Faint-Hearted because it's comprised (laughs) almost entirely of people who turned back from the First Crusade. (laughs) (laughs) That fucking rocks. Uh, And they basically show you, they show up two years after the battles are won and are just like, we still own this shit? Yeah, I fucking thought so, motherfuckers. (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm a crusader. What? And they fight no battles, but they just like get there and are like, looks good. And then turn around and go home. (laughs) Oh, just slapping each other on the backs like, I'm glad we did this, man. This was yeah. fun. <laughs> it's, it has all the same energy as W standing in front of that banner that says mission accomplished. Who? <laughs> <laughs> it it's a good one. Oh, um, my God. This is like I uh, <laughs> I've had I've had situations where like I'm terrified of bugs. And so like I'll see a big cockroach and I'm a big man. I'm a scaredy cat when it comes to bugs. So I'll run and go get anyone who's near me to take care of the bug. But then after they do, I'll come in with the shoe and be like, oh, oh, oh yeah, that's right. That's right, bug. Yeah, yeah, this is our home. Hell yeah. And then, I, and then I walk away and spend the entire rest of the night in fear, hoping that I never see a bug again. I mean, that's basically what they do. It's, it's the guy that's like, like starts a bar fight but then is like hold me back hold me back yeah like like has no intention of actually fighting anyone yeah it'd be like starting a bar fight and then leaving the bar to go to a Chili's eating a fucking full meal and then coming back to the bar fight being like we did this shit homie and if you fuck with me again (laughs) yeah I'm gonna go to TGI Fridays 
Oh, it just the the fact that they call them the Crusade of the Faint-Hearted. <laughs> that so funny rocks. to me. That fucking rocks. It's I, so good. I love when sometimes it doesn't happen often. It will eventually happen to everybody on a long enough timeline, <clears throat> Columbus. But like eventually, history will slap you down for being kind of a bitch ass fool. <laughs> You heard it here, folks. Crusade of 1101, bitch-ass fools. <laughs> I have an official red stamp that I'm putting on it. So, they go home. <laughs> Pretend to be war heroes. You name it. But, to say that things were peaceful after the Crusades would be a full-on lie. Because they went, they conquered a handful of cities, and they were like, we fucking nailed it. We own this shit. Celebrate. And then left. And those cities are still surrounded by Muslim cities. Just in general. <laughs> like, that's that's just the area in which they reside. <laughs> like, that's... And so they fight constantly. They would install emperors or bishops or priests. Those people would get kidnapped or killed. They would constantly fight until 1144. So about... 45 give or take years from the initial conquering when the county of Edessa falls to the Turks again. This prompts what is widely known as the Second Crusade. So, by that time, there's a new pope. Pope Eugene III. Okay, wow. Did that three times, huh? Yep, the three times... And I don't know what he looked like, so I'm just picturing that one try guy who looks angry in that video with a pope hat. <laughs> I like that. I'm picturing Gene from Bob's Burgers. Oh, yes. So this is the first of the Crusades to be led by kings, specifically. The way that we would think of war happening later on. Uh, so the big players here are... Louis VII of France, and Conrad III of Germany with a handful of other city-states. But those two kings kind of go to the Pope and they're like, we'll retake Jerusalem for you. We'll take this war for you in exchange for your patronage, basically. Like, that we're in good with the Pope. We'll go handle this with our armies. And Pope Jean is just like, okay, sounds good to me. Bark, bark. <laughs> Exactly. Because he's mm -hmm. Gene from uh, Bob's um, yep. Burgers. Yep. Uh, yeah. So the problem with this, though, is that the kings couldn't work together and mm -hmm. in some ways refused to work together <laughs> mm. because each one of them was like, no, I, I shall go conquer for you. I will take back the holy city. No, I will take back the holy city. <laughs> We'll we'll take back the so they set out separately. <laughs> I, I imagine them like standing outside of the Vatican yelling this, and from inside you just hear, "Okay, <laughs> okay, that's fine, thank you." Okay, oh for real? <laughs> okay, uh, I just picture both kings just outside with a boombox, like in your eyes, <laughs> the light, the heat, your eyes. Uh, so, the but they can't work together. The Pope's just getting his archbishops like, look at these fucking simps, dude. They'll fucking <laughs> do anything for me, dude. I told them both that I would put out for them if they won me the holy city. <laughs> dude, they're so fucking dumb. I'm not going to fuck any of them, dude. <laughs> 
Uh, so they set out separately. <laughs> and of course, neither one of their armies is big enough to defeat the army that's already there. No, no. They're, maybe if they had worked together. Together? <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, both armies separately get defeated. Just like... And not decimated like the like the very first group of people that went yeah. with like no military training, but they get defeated. They have to retreat. Uh, so as they get defeated and they're retreating back, the armies are kind of scattered. And so soldiers return towards their home countries on foot. And it's almost like an equally long pilgrimage home and not necessarily as a cohesive army. So thousands of people are making their way back to France and Germany on foot or on horse following the battles. And one of those groups was a collection of soldiers from Southern France on their way back to France. They encounter a group of soldiers from the empire of Bulgaria. This group went by the name the Bogomils and they practiced what we would classify today as a version of Gnostic Christianity. But this has a lot of differing beliefs than that of the Catholic Church. And some of them are kind of Protestant adjacent or what will become Protestantism, I'll say. Other parts of it are wild and we will cover that next week because what would happen is these soldiers will return home to their families in Southern France and they would spread this belief system and it would catch on like wildfire in part because one of the core tenets of the belief system is living a more austere life. And they're in a situation where they're watching the church enrich itself through battle and through working with these different city states. So the religion catches on. But it also catches the attention of the Pope, which would prompt him to formally decree our first recorded Inquisition. And that's where we'll pick up next week. Oh, my God. Jesus. I forget how war hungry the church was for a really long time. Especially next week. We will get into it um, because this group, uh, this group of, of French soldiers will become known as the Cathars and they will have Catharism will be their belief system. And this is really the basis for what the Spanish inquisition kind of models it after. Um, but they literally Christian on Christian violence is the first inquisition and the church just aggressively kills people. It is wild how vicious they get in the next episode and what we'll cover in the next episode is kind of the cathars who they are and their belief system because it is out there it is wild for the time but it's even wild for today yeah um but the level of violence they receive in exchange for it is dark it's wild but that's where we'll pick up next week. That's fucking insane. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Is like the the straight up violence to me is like I forget sometimes that that happened. You know, instead of like modern times where the the Catholic Church and the Church in, at large just kills people through legislation, right? In America, right. um, God, I or if you believe that one movie trailer that's out about uh the exorcism training school thing where they just keep people. In the basement uh, of the Vatican. Yeah, yeah, holy yeah, yeah. Holy demoned I, out. 
I just saw that while I was I went to go see Smile the other day. Oh, um, how was Smile? It was a movie. Okay. It's interesting. Um, I didn't hate it. I'll say that. I have a lot of issues with it. Uh, I think it was very ambitious for what it was okay. trying to do. But I also think that I have seen the mo- I, I The thing I didn't like about Smile is that everyone that I heard that worked on it and everyone when they were trying to pitch it was like, this is a new master of horror and it's a horror movie like you've never seen before. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, sick. So it's like it follows. And they would and then then they would be like, no, 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 no. It's different. It's different because some of the things that made it follows cool and fun to watch are not in the movie. And you're like, oh, tight. Okay. Sick, 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 sick. Yeah, super dope. So like I have issues with it, but that's not to say I didn't have a fun time watching it because I did uh i enjoyed i enjoyed watching the movie i just think that it was overhyped for what it eventually was i saw it was no barbarian no that's it i saw i saw a a review in this fucking somebody brought me a newspaper and was like did you see the reviews for barbarian and i was like are you reading an honest to goodness newspaper and they were like yeah i got it from a restaurant that i went to and you know what? I can say this to you and to some of the people who listen to the show. It was Chris Damaris, who is just <laughs> a fucking human uh, anomaly that just exists in the world and does. I, I'm not saying print media is dead and gone, even though it kind of is. It just was weird. I had never. He got a free newspaper and was like, going to read the reviews now. Anyway. The point is, is in that newspaper, they said that um, Smile and uh, Barbarian were uh, both equally ambitious movies, but that Barbarian was the one that really did, I think, what it set out to do with a lot of its ambition. Um, Yeah. And I had a blast. Anyway, Smile's an interesting movie. Before that, the advertisement for the movie that you're talking about where they train uh, people to be exorcists and there's never been uh, a woman exorcist before. That came on, but I was also at the Alamo Draft House, so I was trying to order fucking loaded queso. Why did I say it all weird? (laughs) Loaded queso fries and a fucking baked pretzel. You know, I had my hands full. So all I noticed was like, is that is that nun being sexy? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah, that is all that I got from it. And then I ordered my food, and then I looked back, and then she was like, "I'm gonna suck the demon out of you." And so, yeah, sexy nun, <coughs> suck demon out. Yikes. That's all I got from that. <laughs> anyway, hey, look, if you want to find me on the internet, you can. It's at Mondo Does Stuff uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch. I'm back in Los Angeles this week. Uh, I'm doing a show on Saturday, um, Faded. It's in Santa Monica. It's going to be a great show. You're going to love it. Come on out. It's always really fun. I love Mike Malloy. I love Kenny, uh, who who's the TD for the show. Um, you're going to want to come out. It's a good fucking show. Um, yeah. Other than that, I'll be around. I'll be doing stuff. Um, <clears throat> I was just in Texas to film something for Rooster Teeth, and we will promote it when it is coming out. But holy shit, is it one of the best things that I've ever made with this company it is so much fun. I had a blast and I cannot wait for y'all to see it. And I was telling Paige before that I did so much stupid shenanigans on set 
that I actually became an associate story producer, which means that, <laughs> which, which means Don't that, you love when you fail up like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was basically an idiot for so long that they went, hey, do you want to do this for money? And uh, so, yeah. So if you like my stupid shenanigans, uh, imagine what I could do with the budget behind them because, oh boy, is it fun. And by no means am I taking credit for how great the show was. There was an entire crew of people and a cast that was just fucking phenomenal. It was so much fun. So more info coming up on that um, <clears throat> soon, hopefully, because I think the show is supposed to drop like next fucking month, which is insane. But yeah, at Mondo does stuff, M-A-N-D-O does stuff um, on all those fun things. TikTok, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, all of that. I love you. Good night. Good luck. And fight off the Inquisition. <laughs> uh, if you guys are listening to this the day it drops, I am battling Guam Felix at the Comedy Store tomorrow. Uh, and then I'm battling again Halloween night. Uh, it is essentially an international <clears throat> league show. So people are there from all over the world. The best battlers in the world are fighting. If you are in L.A. on the 31st, definitely try to get tickets to that. It's going to be an amazing show. Uh, and if you don't hear my voice enough, you could listen to me on Horror Virgin and Romancing the Pod. If you want info on show dates, uh, follow me on social media at Rampage Wesley on Instagram or at Page Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on TikTok. I love you so much. Bye. And I want to just step in here to say that while I was in Austin, Texas doing shows, by the way, thank you for the people that came out to the shows. It was really nice to meet you. Um, <clears throat> sorry. It was really nice to meet you. I always love meeting people. And I'm just going to say this once again, because I definitely going to have to say it again. Uh, if you see me, you can just walk up to me. OK, I'm nobody. I'm just a guy trying to get a drink or a slice of pizza in downtown Austin. OK, you can walk up to me and talk to me. You don't have to dm me later and be like i saw you and i was terrified to see you because boy howdy does it just make me look good if you're like are you that guy from that thing and i get to look at my other friends and go i'm very successful so <laughs> it does feel nice it does but also don't be afraid you can always walk up to me if you see me uh, i'm very noticeable but that wasn't the point that was just an aside because i'm sure that it happens to page very much also it's you don't have to DM us afterwards, is my point. But while I was in Austin, Texas, uh, I was talking with the other comics. And one of the other comics is the comic that Paige will be battling. And once they found out who I was, they realized they could talk about how hype they were for the battle. Oh, Everyone nice. in Austin is excited for this battle. The legend of Paige Wesley has spread across the comedy community throughout the country. This is going to be the battle you want to watch. Halloween night, come on out. Comedy Store Baby, it's going to be amazing. Anyway, if you want to follow Colt Podcast, you can at Colt Podcast on Instagram. Or at Colt Podcast Show on Twitter. You can also send us an email to coltpodcastshow at gmail.com. Or if you want to send us a hat that you would wear when ordering an Inquisition, mm. you could send that to 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237, like, like the, shining. the Shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. And I think for this one, I'm going to say, don't drink 
too much and then think that you can battle an entire army yeah. without any weapons or anything. Yeah, that'll, yeah. Oh, classic mistake, Paige. I can't tell you how many nights, you know, I take one shot too many and I'm like, I think I could take on Nevada. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I think, honestly, Paige, I hate to say it, but I think if I, if I, could, if I got a running start, I think I could fuck Nevada up. <laughs> I think I can fuck up Nevada, dude. And maybe Arizona, too. <laughs> if I still have a little gas in the tank, I might go after Arizona, too. And don't drink a Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye. Uh, coming for you, Nevada. Bye.